Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening on our screens. My name is Amy and I hold an MFA in creative nonfiction. And my name is Leslie and I hold an MFA in creative writing fiction. And together we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality TV. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy and I'm your co-host. And I'm Leslie. Leslie, I could not wait to talk to you today about this. I know. I, you know, it's totally my fault. I've been doing homework, stupid school. Like, seriously, I need to quit something. (laughs) I need to, I don't want to quit the degree because, you know, I'm already in debt. But can I quit my job and someone just pay me to be fabulous? Because that, wait a minute. I have a life plan for you. Yes. Drop out of your PhD program and just podcast full time about reality shows. <laughs> no one wants to pay me for that. <laughs> I do have, speaking of, I wanted to just give a quick shout out. We did get some really nice emails. Katie Yay. sent us an email and she's our third listener. Nice. Wait, so, last week you said six. Now we're down to three. This is scaring me. This is we why keep I shedding them. We keep shedding them. <laughs> Uh, we heard from Amber this week. We heard from, I don't know if it's Lara, L-A-R-A, I think it is. Or Lara. From Denver. Mm-hmm. We heard from Michelle and we heard from um, Anne. Okay, so I have to just say something really quick. Anne wrote me a note and said, uh, I live near you. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, your my grandmother lived next to her mother and like she knows me. Holy shit, that's creepy. I was, I was really excited to hear from her. So we, we are getting a lot of emails, and I really appreciate it. We got something from Heather, Gayla, Michelle. Like, they just keep coming in. Yay! And great. I'm really excited. Like, it's giving us life at this point. Again, if you're going to send us... Oh, and we did get... Hold on, let me bring it up. In our spam folder, we did get Mr. Franklin wrote us about the honeymoon trip. <laughs> And he says, greetings, kindly forward to the concerned department. I'm writing to respectfully request your sponsorship for two-week free honeymoon. So, okay. Okay. You know? All right. Do we get to go on a honeymoon? Uh, It sounds totally legit to me, if you ask me. Totally legit. Okay, (laughs) so let's send him our debit card number and social, just in case. Just the last four, though. Just the last four. I don't want to give him my whole social security number. All right, so today we're covering Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 8, Striking a Balance. Guys, we're saving we're saving Lindsay for the end. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not feeling the love for Jodie Foster that I was feeling two weeks ago. Yeah. Ooh. Or even one week ago. 
So we're going to start with Chris and Alyssa because I don't know why they're still on our screens. I don't know. So Chris tells us he wanted a divorce and she didn't even try. And he wants someone who wants him. And then we get a scene of him telling his mother the marriage ended. It's no new content. Mom is just kind of like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> That's it. And it's Remember, though, he's the one who like surprised his mom like surprise you're on tv with the camera crew and everything yeah. when he told her about it so later Alyssa meets up with a quote friend caitlin who it sounds like is just a work friend yeah doesn't really know her they rescue dogs together that's mm-hmm. it so caitlin was not able to attend the wedding so she's getting all of her information filtered through Alyssa. mm-hmm And Alyssa's like, Chris is a monster, and, you know, all of his friends shit-talked him, and Caitlin's kind of, like, pushing back a little bit. She's like, you've you've not given guys a good chance before, so I I wish I had a chance to make my own opinion here. Yeah. She said, but, you know, it it is weird that his family and friends were telling you mean things, but they weren't, guys. They weren't. And we see footage of that. Yep. Then... Um, Caitlin asks if they talked at all. And Alyssa says, no, but they, they knew where I was at all times. (laughs) I love the producers in this moment. And then the producers troll her with 10,000 little cuts of her telling Chris, get away from her, keep him away from me. I don't want to talk to him. I hate him. It's wonderful. She says, I hate him. I hate him. And I'm so glad I don't have to do her voice anymore. (laughs) That was painful. Then she says, getting divorced wasn't my decision. Okay. Whereas she wanted a clean slate, Leslie. Like she was, you know, she wanted to make this work. Yeah, by living in the apartment by herself and hanging mm-hmm. out with the cast and being on TV. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote, poor Caitlin. Like someday she's going to watch this back and be like, oh, fuck, she was gaslighting me too. <laughs> <laughs> but like now people think I'm her friend. I know. And the producers ask her what's next. And she says she's going to move to Texas. Bye. Yeah. And Texas has said, no, thank you. (laughs) Texas is like, we're suddenly closing our borders. Uh, She's going to move to Texas to find her cowboy, but she'll consult her psychic first. Because that that is is, logical. we, We see them later very briefly, but hopefully this is the last week. Like, hopefully their contract is done. They've met all their recording standards. Let's be done. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move to <sighs> Owen Katina. Oh boy. So we are six weeks away from decision day. This is what they tell mm. us at the beginning of the episode. And we open up the episode with Owen Katina self filming, as always. And O is making brown sugar bacon. I've never heard of that. But then again, I don't eat meat, so I don't know. I think he's a good cook. Ugh. See, this is I another mean, reason why you're, you're salivating. I'm right falling now. in love with him. <laughs> And he's making eggs with some pepper jack cheese because his mm. wife likes a little spice. So when we get a montage of all working out, which I sent you like a screen grab of him, <laughs> just like he's so hot that they had to do a split screen in three parts. So it's oh just three gosh. shirtless iterations of him doing ab crunches. And chin-ups. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know, he's doing all sorts of workouts that yep. I would never do, mind you. But so I don't really know what they're called. So forgive my ignorance. So he meets up with his friend Jeff, which O considers a mentor because he has a beautiful marriage and has a kid and they sit down on a bench in the park to catch up. And of course, the first thing out of Elijah Wan's mouth is 
she reminds me of me just in so many ways because, you know, everything is about him. (laughs) He tells Jeff that Katina has a wild side. She's just more reserved with it. Translation, our girl likes to get freaky deaky. She's definitely a Dickerson, as he says. And thank God Mm -hmm. for (laughs) close captioning because I was like, she's a dick person? What? <laughs> so, no, Dickerson, their last name. Oh, so I'm like, Close okay. captioning is constantly on at my house. It's on yeah, forever. I had to put it on because I was like, wait, she's a dick yeah. person? Yeah. Um, Hello, me too? Wait, I mean, what? I would close caption my children if I could. Like, I can't hear anything. Well, um, they speak teenager and I don't understand true. that language true. anymore. I do need a translator. Yes. So then he talks about, like, he talks about having chemistry and the Pastor Cal told him, break the ice change her life <laughs> so do you remember pastor cal saying that no i remember pastor cal saying give her the d she it was a d. little classier he said put the d in the p <laughs> exactly <laughs> so according to him pastor cal is a horny little double on olajuwon's shoulder telling him bang your wife and that oh the reformed angel is on his other shoulder saying don't wake the beast <laughs> <laughs> So he flat out admits he's scared that sleeping with her will change him. So basically, he's scared Isaac will take over and she'll yeah. just become another notch on his bedpost. That's really what he's saying. Yeah. So yeah, the Madonna like horror complex. Spe- yes, it sounds like he's speaking from experience. Yeah. So basically, in the past, he's likes a girl until he bangs her and then he's like, loses interest in her. Yeah. 100%. Which, going back to Sex and the City, because for some reason this is like a Sex and the City adjacent podcast. Um, if you think about it, there was that time when Carrie, after she broke up with Big the first time, this is like season two, and she goes on a date with John Bon Jovi, not John Bon Jovi on the show. Wait, remember? Wait, wait, wait. Do you not what? remember this episode in season what? two? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I- Okay, so I watched Sex in the City in real time. So I mm-hmm. saw that, what, 25 years ago? You haven't rewatched Sex in the City no. obsessively like me and analyzed no. it for I'm years. writing it down. John Bon Jovi. Season two, yeah. Season so, two. So this is after she breaks up with Big. And she is complaining to her girlfriends about, this is Carrie, complaining about how much she was so wonderful and how Big is, is that a loss? Because he lost her and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, go see a fucking therapist because we're done with you. So she goes see Miranda's therapist, Dr. Mm-hmm. G. So apparently she's like celebrity shrink. And John mm-hmm. Bon Jovi is a guest star. He's not John Bon Jovi in the show. He's like Seth or something. Okay. Oh. And they go on dates and everything. And that's when she realizes that, okay, so they meet at the therapist's office. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Sex in the City from 20-something years ago, he finds out. It. It's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you in therapy? He's like, oh, well, I'm real fucked up about women. Once I sleep with them, I lose interest. And oh that's my God, when... I'm looking at him. He's so cute in this episode. Yes! Okay, go on, go on. And then Carrie has an aha moment and she goes, and he goes, what's up? What's wrong with you? And she goes, I picked the wrong men. So in mm. other words, Olajuwon is Seth, aka John Bon Jovi in Sex and the City, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where he sleeps with a woman, loses interest. Okay. So okay. I'm I'm done with my sex and okay. thing. Sorry, I um, love that. You so have, much. <laughs> you. I don't think you know how much joy you've given me. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So back to 
are real people, Jeff and mm-hmm. Olajuwon. So Jeff tells the camera that he is surprised they haven't banged because Oh has no problem with women. His big old dick is swinging all over the place. He doesn't say that, but mm-hmm. okay. Read but between we know the lines. It. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> so Jeff asks if he's seen any red flags so far, and Oh says the first time she went to the store, she came back with bread and water, nothing else. Yeah, that sounds like my teenage years. My mother would just have yogurt and bread and water in the house. Yeah, because, you know, she's a woman. I don't know what happened. <laughs> she's a woman. She should know better. Buy groceries to feed your man. You know? Yep. Your husband is Fred Flintstone. You're Wilma. Like, pick I mean, up a giant Brontosaurus steak. <laughs> clearly, she did not go to Wegmans because she didn't come home with 15 different kinds of cheeses. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my life. So what's funny is that Jeff, like, defends her. He's like, okay, she's not used to shopping for more than one person. Mm-mm. Correct. Like, it takes a while. Like, even for me, like, before my tumultuous marriage, which I never talk about, let's do a drinking game about that, you know, I just used to shop and cook for myself. And it was hard sure. to getting adjusted to, like, learning how to make two, you know, yeah. portions yep. of rice you know rather yep. than just one and things like that and now i do that anyway because you know leftovers hello hello <laughs> and you have to feed joey and i had to feed joe he does eat he's not supposed to eat people food anymore guys oh, okay <sighs> but uh love that dog <laughs> that dog is driving me insane okay so Apparently, so she was out for two hours. So this is like his big complaint. And just came back with bread and water. So. Um, I call fake news. Yeah. She probably came back with a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, and then I just thought in my notes, I'm like, oh, Jeff, so wise, so hot. Because he's defending her. <laughs> saying, like, she's just not used to it. Right. And then Olajuwon finally admits, you know, he's getting into his own head. It's like his own mind. He's sabotaging and whatever. Yep. So yep. we later see Katina with a glass of wine welcoming one of her friends, Ariana, and they start chit-chatting. And Ariana asks, how have you been, Mrs. Dickerson? And Katina says, oh, God, that sounds weird. <laughs> and again, thank God for close caption, not, hey, dick person, how are you? <laughs> Big dick pig. Um, so they clink their glasses and cheers, and her friend just wants to get to the good stuff. She says, let's backtrack. Mm-hmm. Wedding day. First impression. Katina says she was so overwhelmed, but thought that he was cute. Then her friend brings up the garter incident, and then we get footage of wow. the wedding day. Wow. And O <laughs> is lifting up his shirt and giving her yep. a lap dance in He's front like, of the entire it was like wedding. Him, it was like the motorboat and the stripper kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just see a like a glance of Katina's mom just with the biggest thank face like oh, oh my god no. could you imagine i would die <laughs> <laughs> so katina asked her friend what did you think of the dance and ariana says a little bit much a little bit much i feel like that describes oh a little much a little much mm-hmm. and katina says it was cute but a lot and she still liked it so yeah she's always defending him if you notice that yeah she is she's really into him yeah, I'm she telling is. You. even on the after show she defends him. Wow. Like, I think they're still together, and I think she's still really into him. All right. Well, mm-hmm. Katina also says that when they got to the sweetheart table, like, during their little time after, you know, being with the crowds and the family, 
mm-hmm. she found out it was easy to talk to him and that she didn't have to be like the person coming up with topics because he's yeah. so easy to start a conversation and just run the ball you know just go with yep. it and her friend is like oh my god he talks a lot <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's referring to when they met with him at the brunch the next day, which yes. we get some new information. Okay. Yes, we do. So then we see clips of the brunch with him going on and on. And my favorite part was when Katina's male friend stops him after he's rambling on saying, you know, I tell her all the time. And he's like, you say you tell her all the time. You've met her only 12 hours ago. <laughs> and we see, oh, with that Pikachu face, kind of like, oh, he got caught. Yeah, like he just, he's so, I don't, he just likes to hear himself talk. I think that's what it is. Yep. So her friend Ariana says, it was almost as if he was talking so much that we wouldn't be able to ask him any questions. Mm, I don't think he's that cunning. And then the caption says, music intensifies. (laughs) (laughs) But her friend does give him the benefit of the doubt and says, maybe he was nervous. I'm sure he was tired. You had a long day. And Katina is silent, nodding her head and just taking it all in, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. She could have gotten defensive, but she was like, okay, okay, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you. Yep. And then Ariana tells us, he spoke about his past and he told us, you're the first black girl he's ever dated. This is brand new information. It's brand new information. And I'm really glad that I have you to talk about this because I'm completely... As the most basic white bitch on the planet, (laughs) completely out of my element here. And I really need to know, like, what is the cultural and societal significance of this? Yeah, so I've done interracial dating, so I'll get to that. Um, So then we see the never-before-aired footage of the brunch and him saying, I have never dated an African-American woman. And one of Katina's friends asks, why haven't you ever dated a black woman? And his response is... Never found one that was attracted to me. For real. Um, come on. I find that come hard on. to believe. Jesus Christ. I think... And that's why Katina's male friend was like, that wasn't attracted to you. Right. With all that swag that he has, like, right. really? There's no way on this planet that one black girl was not attracted to him. And so he says, yeah, I want to try something new, and I call bullshit. So my theory is that he probably didn't date black women, because he couldn't get away with a lot of the shit he might be able to get away with with maybe oh, a white okay. woman. So okay. that's probably what it is. Because black women are strong women and they will call you mm-hmm. out on their bullshit. So I didn't know if there was like colorism here. Like I didn't know what was going on. It could be other things. And also um, he's like half white as well. So like, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get to there learn was about that weird that. conversation. So also, can we talk about how producers totally trolled us? Because we never saw that admission before, but we did see the part where he said he wanted to try something new, and that's where Katina's friend is like, trying something new is a minor change, and this is marriage, rather than I'm trying something new by dating, marrying a black woman. Right. So producers, again, we see what you did there. Manipulating us. Yep. You jerks. (laughs) Jerks. So Katina defends him and says, I'm the first black woman he's been in a serious relationship with. You have to remember he's half Irish. Translation, he mostly dates white girls. That's what I got from that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm down with the swirl. You know, I've dated, you know, after my divorce, I dated white guys, Irish guys, Jewish gentlemen. Very, very nice to me. But... Again, there were instances where I knew with certain guys, certain white guys that I dated, that it would never go far because their family wouldn't accept me. 
So oh, okay. It was okay. like, yeah, it was like this exotic hot Latino thing that they wanted to, you know, fool around with. But mm-hmm. you're not taking me home to mom. And some of them flat out told me that. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But her friend is not with it. Ariana's like, he looks black. He's black. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like there was some kind of implication or... Like, she was kind of indicating that he was, that there was colorism at play. Yeah. That's why I was like, I didn't know what was going on here. You know, Katina says, me and you know that. And Ariana challenges and says, but does he know that? And Katina says, yes. So yeah. then we get Ariana talking to producers about her concern that he's never dated a black woman because he looks black and he's a black man. So it's a little alarming to her that he's never dated a black woman. Then she says she'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Ariana then tells Katina, this is a big deal. As long as you guys have addressed it, that's fine. Katina admits that it did alarm her, but it was addressed. And Ariana ends the segment by saying she will keep an eye on him and takes a sip of her wine. And I was like, okay, boss bitch. This, this woman has his number. <laughs> she's going to kill him. She, <laughs> she's like, if he steps out of line, I'm like, I, I get what you're saying now, because if he was dating someone like her, mm-hmm. she would see right through his bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So okay. he needs someone that would be like more amenable to him. And later on, we'll see with the friend, like why Jeff thinks they were good. Yes. Match. Yes. So it's housewarming time. And O walks in with a literal box of chicken. <laughs> like cooked <laughs> chicken. They just had to plate it. And Katina says she's excited to have her friends over because their first impression of her husband wasn't that great. And she's excited for them to see what she sees in him. Because she's always mm-hmm. defending him and how great. But you don't see how he is with me. You don't see that part of me, you know? Yeah. Yep. So the first friend to arrive is hot friend Jeff. That's how we call him now. <laughs> and he is talking about how great everything is who made the chicken because it smells so good and katina says of course i made it and we know she did not make the chicken we no, just saw elijah one walk in with a box full of cooked chicken but Come the fact now. that oh let her claim that tells us everything we need to know about him he's yeah, a pretty good dude there mm-hmm. you get like a shot of him just laughing like whatever yep. let her claim he let, that. he let it happen yeah mm-hmm <laughs> So more friends arrive, drinks start flowing, shots are being had, and Katina's best friend tells producers that the first time she met Olajuwon, she didn't like him. So this is the other friend that was at the brunch with the short hair. The yes. one that had the, that we were like, does she know she's on camera? Because she was talking about someone going down or something <laughs> yes, <laughs> during the wedding. Yes, yes. So she she just wants to make sure that he's really invested in this process because she's looking out for her friend. Um, So then the ladies pull Katina aside and ask her how things are going. And Katina says she's adjusting to this big to his big personality because she's mm-hmm. married to someone who is always on like a thousand. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I feel like Katina, when she's with her friends, she gets a little more candid and truthful. Yes. Um. About her husband, and then other times she seems a little defensive, like, when she doesn't want to come off as defensive, so she's just like, okay, I hear you, I hear you, so it's like, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how I feel about Katina, because there are times I really, really like her, Mm -hmm. and then there are times where she defends Alyssa and is, like, friends with Alyssa, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, I don't don't know know how those two things can exist. I don't know if it's editing or what is going on, but it seems like we're not getting the full side of her. Yes. There's something a little off. So then we see Jeff and O talking about Katina and how she fits in with his family because she likes to drink and party. (laughs) Yes. Meanwhile, the ladies want to know how O measures up in the sack. 
and Katina burst their bubble because they haven't gotten it on yet. And they're nope. trying to build an emotional connection. AKA, I, I assumed they would be... And he's scared. I thought they would be humping at the reception. Remember? Exactly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it looked... They had that... He was like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, my God. And then he's like lap dancing on her or whatever. Yep. But he doesn't want to wake up her sexual beast. And he's also afraid that Isaac right. might turn up and just... Right. Might everything. be a threesome. Might be a threesome. Might be a threesome. So then the ladies take Owa aside and put him in the hot seat and start interrogating him on what he thinks Katina is like as a wife. They remind him not to put too much pressure on her, especially with the whole cooking thing, because she is making an effort. Cut to mm-hmm. Jeff and Katina. He's putting her on the hot seat, asking how they are doing. Katina's tone is so different with him. She is like pretty much just talking about like how great Olajuwon is and all these things. And Jeff thinks that they're doing good and that there are no complaints. And then she's telling him there are no complaints except when he loses his temper. But I just go, okay, and I just let him be. And then we get O telling her friends that when he flips out, she's patient with him. And then Jeff assures Katina that he just needs a moment to cool off. That usually like, he'll be a little explosive, but then... You know, not egging yeah. him on works for him. And that dynamic seems to be, you know, what works for them. That she lets him have his, his hissy fits and not put, antagonize. And so right. he's able right. to come back and get everything. So after this chit-chat, Katina's friends tell producers they were initially concerned after their first meeting with him. But after this conversation, they feel he's forthcoming. And so, and he was like welcoming to them. So after that, they feel a yes. little better about things. But, you know, they're still going to look keep an eye out on him and i then, mean I, I think i think they're doing pretty well mm-hmm. i mean the the biggest uh, granted we're only two weeks in but the biggest conflict we've seen so far is that he has some traditional views of marriage yeah like you need to like cook. that's okay that's changeable that's fixable mm-hmm. yeah and also that he won't change like those ugly like coffee themed curtains <laughs> In the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's horrible, home. horrible decor. Yeah. And he's picture this. <laughs> he's like yes. Sophia from the Golden Girls. Picture this. You and I being married. Um, like we yes. are. <laughs> yes. Yes. So then later on in the episode, we see Katina and Elder outside and he reveals his new haircut. He got rid he of does. the mohawk, you guys, and she loves it. It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. So that's yeah, where we good. leave them. Yeah, they're in good shape, mm-hmm. I think. I think they're going to make it. They're one of the ones I really think are going to make it. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. All right. Let's head over to Noodlegate. <laughs> <laughs> With our man, Steve. All right. All right. All right. Makana Steve. <laughs> all right. So Noi is hard at work. And Steve comes out in the kitchen. He's making her some breakfast. And he's like asking her about his job or her job. And she is a talent recruiter. Is that what she does? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. yeah. And she's like on a team and we see she's got like 10 laptops open and she's, you know, working furiously, you know, hashtag she is all of us. <laughs> and then he tells the camera, yeah, I don't have a full-time job, but like I will do my part for this marriage. Now I want to say something. There are several rumors flying around that he's loaded. Yeah, I saw like, that. Like loaded. Mm-hmm. Um... Can they just tell us that then? And like, let's stop this nonsense? I think Chris, otherwise they wouldn't have a conflict then. Chris was on uh, the Rudy Huxtable show. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, 
I don't think people realize how much money software engineers make. That's like, true. Like, Steve's okay. Mm -hmm. Even if he's doing consulting work, mm -hmm. he's okay. All right. So they talk about, they're talking about food, Steve and Noy, and how um, Noy's parents cooked together when she was growing up. It, food preparation is such a big part of her life, and it brings her happiness. And then Steve brings up finances. And he says, you know, I want to talk about the Pastor Cal visit. I didn't know it bothered you so much that I don't have a standard job. He says he worked really hard to get to where he is, mm -hmm. which indicates he that has he savings. has money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just because he doesn't fit the standard definition of like a nine to five employee doesn't mean he can't provide for himself and his finances. Also, it's like you cannot afford to go on a trip around the U.S. or whatever he was doing if you don't have money. You can't afford that drone if no. you don't have money. <laughs> and somebody else pointed out, I forget, in one of like the groups or something, he was one of the only people who had their own apartment. Mm, true. And it was really nice. Mm -hmm. So like he's doing something okay. I mean, all those LED lights, he had to buy those somewhere. <laughs> so... He, so she's like, okay, I get that. But like, it's not about you anymore. Now it's about us. And she said, I've worked my whole life and I just find this really unnerving. And so he says something to the effect of, and this is something he's starting to say a lot. And this is what has me concerned for them now. He's using phrases like, you would understand this if you knew who I was. Like he's starting to talk about her. Like she doesn't understand him. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a real problem for him because, you know, he's Matthew McConaughey and he needs to feel mm -hmm. like he's just understood and he's winging it and he's living life on his own terms and he, he's driving his Lincoln talking about the green light coming <laughs> up, you know, and he just needs her to be supportive of this. And Matthew so, McConaughey, on another note, Sex in the City reference, he did make an appearance on Sex in the City. God season damn you. Okay. <laughs> All right. And he played himself. Thank you. He did? I need to rewatch. I need yeah, to rewatch. Yeah, season three, actually. Season three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they go to Plain LA. Plain and simple. Okay. So, Steve and Noy get ready for their party, and they're both making dishes traditional to their culture, and their friends show up, and they get along great. And we learn that Steve and Noy got each other the same gift for their wedding, which yeah. was a scrapbook, which was really cute. The friends start poking around about kids. Like, they are just immediately like, when is Sushi going to be a brother? That's crazy. Okay. And Steve's like, oh, about that. Yeah, we don't know. We didn't talk timeline, but I'm sure, you know, everyone knows how many kids she wants. And mm -hmm. then Steve says, it's concerning that she was not willing to budge on the three kid thing. And the friends are like, well, is there anything that you are not willing to budge on? Like, in other words, what is your three kid issue? And he's like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. And I'm yelling at my screen, dude, your three kid issues getting a full-time job, right? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? So they split up and Noi voices her concerns to his friends about the job situation. And the friends are like, look, like, I feel like they want to say he's loaded. Yeah. But they're like, look, he has great networks around him. He could get a job tomorrow. And here's what I'm thinking. He's probably got investments. Mm -hmm. He might even have some property investment, yeah. you know, that brings money in this passive income. He probably has a, like some sources of that yeah. going on. So they're like, he's got great networks around him. Like my company's always hiring. He could have a job tomorrow. Noi's not comforted by that. Mm -hmm. 
She's like, oh, it's even worse that people want to employ you, but you do not. I, I don't know. I'm team Steve on this. What do you think? Yeah, I think that he is probably financially stable and he's just not bringing it up or they're omitting it from the show. I get why she's so concerned because of her background, refugee and all sure. that. But she needs sure. to calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, she needs to chill out about this. I mean, she's going to push him away mm-hmm. with this. So, and, and maybe it's because I'm a writer. Maybe that's why I identify with him because, like, hmm, take a shot, everybody. My husband has to be on board with me, you know, working these 10 things to try to cobble together a living as a writer. Right. And it's not a traditional career, right? It's mm-hmm. not like you just go sit at a desk and you write for eight hours a day. No. So maybe that's why I relate with it. Like, I don't know. I just, if, if he, if she sees him hustling, even in the freelance capacity, that would be enough for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that she's just scared. She's like, I'm going to have to do all this on my own. Mm-hmm. And if we have three kids, how are they going to eat? Well, then, if, if you're that concerned about how you're going to feed your kids, don't have, have one any, kid. Or don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, like, if she comes home and he's playing video games all day and laying on the couch, that's a problem. That's a problem. But also, if he's a millionaire, then whatever, dude. <laughs> hey, whatever. You're a millionaire? Do whatever you want. Do what you want. Okay. So, Noi finds... Oh, no, wait, I said that, sorry. Steve tells the camera, it's hard here, again, it's hard when you're with someone who doesn't understand you or believe in you or see you for who you are. Mm-hmm. That's alarming. She's pushing him away, I'm telling you. So now we have some solo footage from Steve. Okay, solo cam. He tells us, here's what happened. Noi offered to make him dinner. Now, I I kind of wrote this how I think it happened. So correct me if you think I'm wrong. He was happy about that, but they can't eat the same noodles. She has gluten-free noodles and he has regular. So he started a pot of water for her, but then walked away from them because she was making dinner. Mm -hmm. He comes back out like maybe 10 minutes later. the, The water is raging, boiling. There's no noodles in it, but her noodles are cooking. So he's like, uh, okay, what about my noodles? So then she calls him out for complaining. She's like, why are you complaining? So then he put his noodles in, walks away again, comes back out. His noodles are overcooked. Mm. So then he said she literally grabbed sushi. And we saw this in mm-hmm. the pr- prison footage, prison cam. Uh, she grabs sushi and she's like, fuck this. And she leaves now. Was there some missing stuff? Was he, like, berating her about this? Was it the constant nitpicking? Is he overly critical? We don't know, right? We don't know. We're just getting his point of view. Yeah. Um, It looks like she was cooking for him, but she was just making her noodles, not taking into account that he needed his special noodles. So if you're cooking for both of you, then you would assume, oh, she's cooking, so she'll attend to my stuff, too. Yes. But I, I'm guessing she's thinking, well, he can't eat my stuff, so he'll make his own thing. And she just was absent-minded about it, I think. Here's a pro tip, Steve. Just eat the gluten-free noodles. Yeah, there's nothing wrong Like, with she can't eat your noodles. She physically can't eat your noodles. You could eat hers. It won't kill you to eat some gluten-free noodles. They're okay. <laughs> the next day, we see Steve on prison cam talking to his brother. And he's like, this is crazy. She didn't come home last night. She's not responding to any of my texts. I'm calling. Now... I have a theory about the experts. Mm -hmm. I think whoever the kidnapper is, 
let <laughs> Pastor Cal out for a, a day. And they are still holding Dr. Viviana and Dr. Pepper at an undisclosed location. Because we just do, we never see them. But suddenly we have this vision of Dr. Viviana on the screen and she's like, you can't leave at the first sign of trouble. Okay, okay, thanks. What have you been? (laughs) Yeah. Like you you left at the first sign of trouble? (laughs) You saw Lindsay drunk at the wedding. You guys never showed up again. Yeah. (laughs) So later that day, Noi comes home and she's, Steve's like, uh, can we talk? She tells the camera she went to her own apartment because she knew that they needed to have a conversation, but she doesn't want to say something she might regret. So Steve tells her, I don't know why you were mad. And I wrote, whenever a man says that, I don't believe it. It pisses me off. You know why she's mad. Because she's a woman. No, I'm mm-hmm. Because she's a female. Because she's a female. So she, of course, <laughs> females be angry for no reason. No, you, you know why. He knows why. Even if he doesn't agree with it, he knows why. You stupid noodles. (laughs) So I had to put it, he goes, I had to put it together that you were mad about the cooking thing. And I couldn't get a hold of you for 24 hours. And I could not talk to you about how I felt. You can't leave me hanging. We're married, dude. So then he says, he, okay. So now he's referencing a social media post that she put up. Yes, and then we see it. Mm -hmm. So I have it written down verbatim here's the post it says learning to say nah this just isn't good enough will enhance your life greatly you're allowed to say this is simply not enough for me you're allowed to have a vision for yourself your life your relationships and refuse to settle for anything less say no often ouch ouch okay he says to her you can't and he brings up a good point like Mm -hmm. he The thing that attracts me to Steve is like his confidence and just his energy. Mm -hmm. And we see that here. Like he's just so calm and emotionally available to her. Yeah, mature too. Yes. So he says to her like, look, you can't be doing this. You can't be throwing everything out there on social media. My family follows you. And what will they think when they see this? Exactly. And also, aren't you breaking your NDAA or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's private. I think Mm. her stories are private. Yeah. So she said, well, here's like, she doesn't have a great defense, but here it is. This is the first time she cooked for him. So she was upset that he would make rude comments. And she said, this isn't the first time you've made rude comments. So it's triggered me. Mm. And he says, well, you ghosted me for 24 hours and you just can't do that again. If you need time and space. I'll give it to you, but you need to say that. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And that's where we leave them. So what? how do you feel about them? I was really confused about the whole noodle thing because I yeah. thought, like, why was she so upset? And I'm like, what are we missing from this? Because I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And mm-hmm. I could see that it had, in a previous occasion that we didn't see, he was a little nitpicky that she would be like, I'm done. Like, I mm-hmm. offered a cook, and now he's mm-hmm. finding another issue with me. I'm done. Yep. So that I could see. But it just coming out of nowhere makes no sense. Yeah. All right. So let's go to Jasmina and Michael. Jasmina and Michael. So when we first see these two, we see Michael visiting one of his sisters. He's telling us that his marriage to Jasmina has gotten off to a rocky start, but that Pastor Cal spoke to them and thinks they can work on things. So he's visiting with one of his sisters, Claire. 
to get some insight. And Claire is a straight shooter and will tell him what's what and how to improve. And I was like, yep, mm-hmm. that's what he needs. Yeah. So, I like Claire. Claire's like the hero too. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She can already sense that he's not in a good place. So she asks him to catch her up and starts. And he starts by saying that the wedding was beautiful. She's beautiful. But then they fly out to Puerto Rico and things are okay. But then conflict arose. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we get that clip of day two of the marriage and them having the conflict conversation and how conflicts would arise and him being really negative about it while she was trying to assure him that it's not necessarily the case. They don't need to be conflict and all that. So, And then the other clips start rolling in. The explosive beach dinner scene, the night scene. <laughs> and she refuses to admit that she cut him off because she did not, to be fair, cut him off she on the did boat. Not. She did not. It's been independently corroborated. She did not. So after Pastor Cal's visit, they decided to start over. So fresh start. And Claire brings things into perspective and says, she doesn't know you. You're just a guy to her. So at least the Mm. sister's being realistic. Like, you're a new person. She tells her as strong as... So she tells her brother, as strong as she is, she's still being vulnerable, being super open in a way she's never been before. And then says, so women like us, saying like strong women like us, when you feel too open, when you feel too vulnerable, instantly... You're like, let me protect this. So right. she's trying to protect this though. It's a defense mechanism for her. And that I, I feel like that gave me a lot of clarity into Jasmina. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I could see that in her. She's like, th- this woman is correct. Yeah, when Claire said that, I was raising my right hand mm-hmm. preaching. Like mm-hmm. I was at Mary Cosby's church from Salt Lake City <laughs> reference. <laughs> Woo! Yes! <laughs> Amy knows nothing about the Real Housewives. No, no, nothing. When I hear Cosby, you know what I think of. (laughs) Yeah, the wrong one. Well, this one isn't so crazy. Okay, so Mary Cosby from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is married to her grandfather. That's all you need to know. Okay. Church cult leader. Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. So Claire says, you don't know what she's been through before. You don't know her past scars. So Michael, to his credit, says, so what do I do in the meantime? And I was, and I like that. He was like, so what do I do? And Claire says, she needs to trust that you got this. And it's hard to do that with someone that you don't know all the way. And again, Sister Claire coming in with the truth bombs. I just like that he sought out his sister's advice. Yes. I thought that was a solid move. And he listened and said, okay, so Mm -hmm. what do I do? Yes. Rather than being defensive or combative, he was like, what do I do? One of the things that I love about people is when they know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's like, I don't know women and I don't know this woman. So let me go talk to a trusted confidant who's also a female (laughs) to get some perspective. (laughs) So Clara assures him that... You know, whatever she's going through is about protecting herself. It's not really about him because she doesn't know him yet. So she Mm -mm. can't trust that he can handle things for her. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Good point. We we then see Michael and Jasmine at a fish market. It's like a really one of those cute little short scenes. And they're Mm -hmm. shopping for their dinner gas. And they're having a housewarming. So both group of friends will get a chance to interact and be see their new place together and michael is playing with some lobsters pretending that 
it was them getting married at the altar <laughs> and married at first sight. Look at these lobsters getting married at first sight. And I was like, are they paid for each time to mention the show's title? Because I feel like it seems to come up a lot this season. Yes, yes. <laughs> are they brave singles? Are those lobsters two brave singles? <laughs> Probably. Okay. So then we later see Jasmina visiting her friend Sam, and she tells producers that Pastor Cal advised them not to let tensions build up, but that the visit didn't necessarily fix the communication problems. And I'm like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sam was a little wild. Sam, okay. Sam so, has a fiancé of eight years. A fiancé of eight years, so that's her credentials going in. But is that a good thing? <laughs> she can't close the deal, you guys. <laughs> Jasmina trusts her relationship advice because she's been engaged for eight years. Like, would you trust me as a tutor for your high school student because I've been in high school for nine years and can't seem to get out of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> But I'm an expert in high school. <laughs> That's concerning. Oh, my God. When I was in high school, we had this term super seniors, which were the guys that got, like, left mm-hmm. back and we mm-hmm. could great. Mm-hmm. And then we had the super duper seniors that were, like, way over 18 yeah. and still there. Yeah. And I was like, why are you talking to freshman girls? Right. You're so, girls. A, so a super duper senior, would you consider them an expert content? An no. expert in high school content? No. No, 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 no. They clearly are not good at it. <laughs> Sam asks, you feel differently now that you're married? (laughs) And Jasmina says, it does. And then Sam asks her, tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? No, I was like, why did I write that? (laughs) One of my favorite movies. (laughs) It's so problematic. Um, Well, and Sam is probably like, you bitch. I've been doing this for eight years and you got married in In, one day. In a week, basically. (laughs) So Jasmina starts by saying that the wedding was nice and beautiful and she found that they had so much in common. And at the beginning, we do see that they were like hitting it off and everything, but that things took a turn during the honeymoon. And she says they had a difference in opinions and he used a tone with her that she did not like. And her friend Sam laughs and says, oh no, you didn't like, you don't like any tone. And Jasmina says, don't use no tone. Just talk to me. (laughs) I like that side of her when she gets like animated. Don't use no tone. Talk to me. <laughs> and what I got from that exchange is that she wants to feel like an equal and yeah. and not talk down to. And that's kind of what yeah. Pastor Cal pointed out. And she tells her about seeing his female roommate for the first time <laughs> and not knowing that he lived with someone of the opposite sex, which right. is not an issue for her. But she had disclosed that to him. He never mentioned it. Mm -mm. And again, big bombshell, it's two women he lives with, not just one. Yes. So her friend Sam gives Michael the benefit of the doubt and says, maybe he thought it wouldn't look good if he told you that, not realizing that withholding that information makes it look even worse. Yes. So Sam advises they communicate more and talks about how her fiancé walks through the door announcing what he's had for lunch, you know, and she's, you know, because she's keeping score of everything they do. She did say something here, though, that was interesting. I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but is this where she says the only way you can learn to communicate with each other is by communicating with each exactly. other? Exactly. And that makes And I was like, sense. oh, my God, I never thought of it like that. But she's right. Yeah, she just says just talk as much as you can and that more conflicts will arise, but try something different next time. And Jasmina mm-hmm. says, but my thing is... When he thinks he's right, he thinks he's right. And Sam laughs and says, yeah, um, that sounds like you. 
<laughs> Jasmina is floored. She's like, what the bleep? <laughs> well, she didn't say bleep, but you know. It is so great. And so claims great. it isn't true. And her friend begs to differ. And Jasmina says she can admit when she's wrong. And her friend says, you can, but you don't always do. And Jasmina says, yeah, because I'm not often wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sam snorts. So <laughs> we're seeing the truth here. Yeah. yeah. So they're more, they have more in common that they like to admit. Yes. Sam was an interesting character. I feel like she reminded me a little bit of like, you might see her on like a love after lockup as someone's mother. Mm, yeah. Or someone's sister. Yeah, like, I just like, feel like she girl. was real salt of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, uh, let me tell you how things are. Let boom, me boom, tell boom, boom, you boom. about yourself. Yes. <laughs> I like You're her. no saint. <laughs> yes. So it's the day of the housewarming party, and Jasmina and Michael are having a taco party. And the scene opens with Michael heavy pour tequila and some kind of drink, and mm-hmm. Jasmina is prepping the food. Then they're discussing playing games with their guests, and Michael warns her that he's very competitive. Mm-hmm. So Jasmina says, so I gotta beat that ass one time so you know to never come <laughs> after me again. <laughs> yep. And they both laugh. So this is telling. This is telling me that they're, again, more alike than they care to admit. So even the good stuff and the bad stuff, they have a lot more in common. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. So Michael starts making small talk and goes, can you imagine having this party without having spoken to Pastor Cal and how intense this party would be? And Jasmina turns around holding a knife and goes, huh? <laughs> you know, all playfully. <laughs> but I know she's probably thinking, yeah, I would have cut you. <laughs> cut you, bitch. Yeah. Jasmina tells producers she's got, they got over that hump before the housewarming because she doesn't know how things would have been had they not set aside their differences. Then the guests arrive. And it's hugs and pleasantries at first, and they're having drinks, and apparently Mike's drinks are strong. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, wow. He's like, what, do you need it to be stronger? They're like, uh, no, it's not. No, like, not stronger. <laughs> That's not the problem. <laughs> and then they start playing charades, and it's like this montage of them just miming different scenarios poorly. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> like, one of them is like Mike making pizza, <laughs> And then someone... Is one of them, is it... Oh, no, never mind. It's Mark and Lindsay when they're doing Jackie Chan, right? Is yeah, it, that's, that's a whole okay. other thing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, like... <laughs> just Mina, like, doing a poorly done cartwheel. And they're like, if you knew her, you know this is a cartwheel. Yes. I'm like, yes. what is happening? Being yes. on a roller coaster and so on. So You just could probably do a cartwheel, can't you? 
No, I cannot. I'm terrified. Because oh, I, I tried to do one over. maybe about 10 years ago and almost broke my wrist. Yeah, I wouldn't. I have a bad shoulder, so I'd probably just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. break my arm or something. So, Jasmina's team wins, and Michael, who is Mr. Competitive, claims he's not in it to win it. Because they're <laughs> just having funny. fun. I thought he was being funny, and yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if he had won, he would have been gloating. So, yes. whatever. Yeah. So, Michael then claims he's glad Jasmina could keep up with his competitive nature. Sure, Jen. So, of course... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I think I loved seeing this playful side of them. Yeah. That's all I want to say. It looked yep. like they had fun. Yes. And we, yeah. we don't see Jasmina happy. Like, she, not that she's unhappy, but she seems like a very serious person. Mm-hmm. So it was and good so to see he. her. Yeah, it was good to see her relaxed and, and chilling out and laughing. They always seem intense. It's like every time we see them together, it's yeah. like. It's like dun dun dun. Intense music playing in the background. <laughs> And they're just, like, staring off at each other. Yeah. Like, yep. so what do you want to talk about now? And it's like, yes. whoa, calm down. Which which we'll get back to next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then, of course, a friend has to ask how their marriage is going. And Jasmina gives the canned answer of, it was great at the wedding, but then at the honeymoon, there were a lot of ups and downs. So we got mm-hmm. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, it was great till I actually got to spend any time with him. Yes. <laughs> But that one day when we were drunk and we saw each other the first time was great. It was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thanks to Pastor Cal, they're back on track. They got whipped into shape, Jasmina claims. Yep. So Claire, who is Mike's sister, the one he sought advice from earlier, mm-hmm. is pleasantly surprised that the vibe is chill and that the party was nice. And she was worried going into them that there would be some tension between them because Jasmina and Mike weren't really happy but they seem happy in the moment and she's like seeing them getting along and being playful so then jasmina and claire have a heart to heart and jasmina they go to like the room and they start talking jasmina says she thinks michael is a gentleman and that she does like him and claire says that mike doesn't think she does so jasmina says i hate that i made him feel that way yeah but that she had just been annoyed by by michael and and his behavior at the honeymoon. So that's why she was maybe a little colder this then. And we yeah. cut to Mike with Jasmina's friends. And he's like, I'm sure you are up to date on what's been going on day to day. And her friends, Carol and Cassie, are nodding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they know what's up because she's been telling everyone yep. what lesson. And Mike says that what he's still struggling with is trying to figure out the next time they have a conflict, how not to be overbearing. Because right. that doesn't work for her, and he's noticed that. And her friends advise him right. to be patient and listen to her. Ask her, where do things go wrong? What was it that I said to set you off instead of you did this and you did that? Yeah. And Cassie says they need to get to the root of the problem. Because in her experience with Jasmina, when they get into it, they forget what they were even arguing about because they're just getting petty back and forth. Right. And I'm so you need like, to oh. keep the cause of it, like, right up front. Exactly. So mm-hmm. back to Jasmina and Michael's sister's Claire. She's telling her she thinks they are a good match and that he needs a strong woman by his side. And she believes Jasmina is that strong woman for him. And Jasmina is mm-hmm. So Jasmina admits she needs to get over her stubbornness. And his sister mm-hmm. assures her her brother is giving it his all. And that's yes. where we leave them. Yes. I feel good about them. This yeah. is the happiest we've seen them. Like yeah. I said, it was it was nice to see, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think Michael's going to derail it. He'll torpedo it immediately. <laughs> oh, 
but I think that I was I was happy with where they are. I'm All like right, pointing at my Princess Leia tattoo. <laughs> All right, so Mock the Shock and our girl Jodie Foster. Oh, oh boy. Hmm. Yes, and the reason why she's calling her Jodie Foster is because when she doesn't, she calls her Leslie, and I do not want to be associated yes, with that bitch. It's it's I work on two speeds. It's either Jodie Foster or Leslie. <laughs> and tender Leslie did not behave that monstrous. <laughs> I didn't. I did not tell guys that their dicks were small. No. Or that they oh, this is so awful. This is so awful. Okay, so Mark and his best friend John are playing catch in the backyard, and I, I mean, I don't know if this is some kind of white dude situation like who just stands in the yard and throws the ball at each other if you're not father and son is that a thing i think so because andy on the office left to fluff and he did things like that so i don't know oh, that's true that's true so maybe it's like a wasn't andy well we know he went to cornell of course. was he How from not was, was he from mass no, I think he was oh. from, like, upstate New York or something. Or okay. Connecticut or something. He was just okay. wealthy. Maybe this is, like, a wealthy yeah, guy it's weird. thing. I don't okay. know. Anyway, so they're throwing the ball around. And Mark says he likes having someone to come home to. Um, and Lindsay tries to... He likes that Lindsay tries to help him with his life. For example, and I, I did not think this was okay. Lindsay called Mark's mother's doctor... And tried to set up an appointment for his mother to see this doctor. I, I feel like that is an overstep at this point. I would ask. I wouldn't just do it. They're married two weeks. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. I've been married to my husband 15 years. I would not do this. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. So he said he's never been in a relationship where his significant other tried to help him so much. And John's like, normally you fall hard and you're the one who's like all eager to jump in and get married after a week. Do you feel that with with uh, Jodie Foster? And Mark's like, no, I don't. And he said it was a telling. That's telling. He said it was Mark just he's like a deer in headlights. That's how I would just describe him this entire time. He said it was a confusing first impression because she's so loud and says shit that's embarrassing. And he he tells John about the plane. And one thing he says is that he noticed Olajuwon gave her so many outs to avoid mm-hmm. a fight. Yeah. And she didn't take any of them. And later, Chris, the sage, sums up Lindsay in a way that I never thought about but is perfect. He says... Sometimes you have to choose your battles. You have to pick and choose your battles, and she picks every one. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. That's it, exactly. So um, John tells the camera that Mark is not... Oh, wait, let me back up. So he says he knows this is coming from a good place, but these moments don't help him grow. So there we go. John tells the camera Mark is not used to being the reserved one. He says in the past, if he had this much difficulty, he'd be out. That's it. Now Lindsay and Mark are having their housewarming and they're having a pizza party, which I thought was a cute idea. Yeah. Um, Mark is a nervous wreck because he's a nervous wreck because he never knows what to expect from her. (laughs) You can't have a good relationship like that. So he's like, I never know what Lindsay's going to say or do. So they're playing a game. Everything seems fine. Then we see Lindsay talking with Mark's friends and she starts telling them about how overwhelmed he is and why he's pulling back. And 
Meanwhile, Mark the Shark is asking her friends how to reel her in when she gets wild. The friends are like, just call it out in the moment. Don't keep it bottled up, blah, blah, blah. Mark's friends are telling Lindsay, Mark's friends are telling Lindsay, yes, that he usually jumps in, like, head feet first, and he's head over heels about someone. But since they're already married, that conversation is kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's it for them individually. Now we're going to go to the bowling scene. Oh, boy. The group is bowling. And they're what? Candle light. Candle mm-hmm. pin? What did yeah. we say it was? I think it was like kennel pin. Yeah. <laughs> you looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up and I closed the tab. Okay. So the group is bowling, including Chris and Alyssa. Like, why? Why? And they are pretending that they don't know about the divorce. Like, the friends are <laughs> pretending they don't know. Yeah. So Lindsay tells the group, her sweet little baby Mark had a taco for the first time last night. And we get footage of him eating a taco and loving it. <laughs> that was cute. Someone someone says, whoa, did she blindfold you? I think it was Chris maybe who said it. I can't remember. Or not Chris, Steve. And Lindsay goes, uh, no, ha, 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 but I would, I would, I would blindfold him. Like, oh, okay. Like, calm down. We know you guys bang. Yeah, we get it. We get it. You're hot in the sack. And uh, Katina tells the camera, Lindsay doesn't know how to read a room. And she's always saying inappropriate shit. And, like, no one cares. And we wish that she knew this. Then the whole group starts talking about living together. And they start talking about the toilet seat being up and down. And Lindsay Mm -hmm. lights up and tells Mark he leaves it up 30% of the time. And then Steve starts dancing. You know, it takes Steve a while. Like, he's got to, you know, kind of warm his way up to this. So he's like, well, let me tell you something, you know, in our house. Like, he starts going into it. Uh, Lindsay cuts him right off. And she starts announcing, like, I'm here to be the nurse and the sanitary officer and to tell you how unsanitary that is. She might as well wear a blinking t-shirt that says, look at me, look at me, look at me. So Jasmina tells her, sit down. Let Steve answer. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Then we see Alyssa come in and Chris comes in with her and they sit down and, and they just tell the group that they got divorced. There's nothing else there. Whatever. Yeah. Wah, wah. The whole group looks at Alyssa like she's an idiot. <laughs> Olivia, or now they're recapping the, the Pastor Cal visit. And Olajuwon says he has learned to talk with someone and not at them. And Katina kids and says, nothing for me because I'm perfect. And Lindsay goes, oh, well, that explains a lot. That was uncalled for. Mm -hmm. Jasmina says, Pastor Cal ripped them a new asshole and asked them to leave things in the past. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay says, now, here's my thing with Lindsay. What she says is not terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, she says... She read somewhere a long time ago that you can't have intimacy with someone unless you've had conflict with them first. Because when you've had conflict and you learn to resolve it and learn to respect one another's boundaries, then intimacy can grow. That's not a ridiculous thing. Yeah, I mean, that's one approach. I mean, whatever. Katina rolls her eyes like she just can't. She starts rolling her eyes and Lindsay calls her right out on it. And she's like, why are you rolling your eyes over there? And she was like, girl, you know better not to talk to me. (laughs) Katina says, girl, I'm not going to fight with you on camera. You know not to talk to me. Stay over there. (laughs) Mark tells the camera, this is super uncomfortable. Okay. So Steve tells the camera, this is a wake-up call. So we're we're back to Chris and Alyssa now talking about the divorce. 
Steve tells the camera, this is a wake-up call. If Noi and I don't get my shit together, our shit together, like, this could happen to us. And it kind of is hitting home. Mm -hmm. Now we have some weird confrontation. This was not planned. Like, Mark and Lindsay start fighting, but, like, production is kind of all around. And they're running around with the camera. So you could tell, like, they were closing up. Yeah. And this came up. And they're, like, quick, turn the cameras on. So... All right. Um, Mark asks her, why did you call out Katina? And he says, you shouldn't have done that. It's awkward. And she says, so you think that woman rolling her eyes and making eyes was a pro- wasn't a problem? And he says, I think given your history, you shouldn't have said anything. It's going to cause an argument. And she goes, okay, Mark, who are you here for? And he says, you. That's why I said don't do it. Okay, what did I do that upset you? You literally watched this woman act like a child and roll her eyes and guffaw at me. <laughs> and Mark says, I love when people use sophisticated words in an anger rant. Yeah, I love that. So so like, <laughs> then Mark goes, then you had to jump in and say, what are you rolling your eyes for? And I told you about that. It makes me uncomfortable when we're together. Don't do that. And she says, I don't like to brush things under the rug. And he says, well, this is a team. And if you don't get that, this isn't going to work. And she says, I'm being here for you as a team. During all your fucking chaos, I'm not a team for you. Guys, I have this all verbatim. Okay, I was literally (laughs) voice recording this into my notes. And my kids were looking at me like I'm a crazy person because I'm yelling this into my computer. I'm not a team for you when I put on a hazmat suit and give up a day of work. He walks away and he yells, or, I'm sorry, he walks away and she yells, that's it, walk away, go call your mom and ask if she could let you in tonight. He looks back at her and says, have another drink. Yeah, okay. ouch. Now, you could see the fury come over her face. Mm-hmm. Because we have talked, guys, about how radically insecure Lindsay is. Mm-hmm. And Mark has not only called her out on something, but he's done it in front of people. And this has pressed every button inside of her. So what happens? It's just like Bo Bridges warned us about. Yeah. She is going to go on the attack, and boy, does she. She goes nuclear. You she g- goes nuclear. You poke her with a stick, she throws a fucking grenade. Yep, and it's all from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Mark tells the camera, she just can't let things go. She can't not speak up when she shouldn't say things. And I don't like this. This is not what I want in a wife, and I can't fall in love with this. So he sits down on some random stairs and Chris joins him. And Mark is like, this is just super awkward. You don't do this shit. And this is where Chris says, it seems like it's a bit of an impulse control thing. Like you pick and choose your battles and she picks every one. Now we see Lauren, a a woefully underpaid producer, I'm sure. (laughs) Poor thing. Heading into into a bowling alley bathroom. Those are usually disgusting. To confront Lindsay. Who is still very mic'd up. I don't know if she remembers this. All right. So here's what she's saying. Let me get ready. Let me clear my throat. Let me do Lindsay. Jodie Foster theater here. Honestly, Lo, I think I'm done. Because my husband is a fucking idiot. Like, I'm sorry you're not a strong man and you can't speak up right now because your life is in a fucking crisis. But I'm accepting you with all your fucking flaws. And not once are you congratulating or thanking me. I mean, real talk? He makes $60,000 a year selling gym memberships. Okay, simmer down. All right, little boy, let me teach you how to be a big-ass bitch. Wow. Emasculating on every angle. Yep. And, uh, guys, it gets worse. 
So Mark tells Chris, cut back to them. She gets like this when she has a couple of drinks, like it heightens her confidence. And he says, I feel like the whole group can pick up on this. And they get pissed off because she won't shut up. And Chris is like, did you speak with Pastor Cal about this? And Mark says, yes. Pastor Cal told her, Lindsay, your husband is afraid to talk to you. And Mark, Mark says, it's not that I'm afraid, but I'm like, I'm avoiding a conflict. I know it's going to cause a fight. And I just wrote, you are afraid, Mark. It's okay yeah. to say that you are afraid. And Mark says he just can't catch feelings. He can't get to know her. And if she said I'm out, he would be like, okay. Now Jen, a second producer, heads into the bathroom. All right, here we go. Ready? Tirade number two. <clears throat> I'm not going out. I hate my husband. I'm sick of dealing with this bullshit. He's a pathetic fucking loser. I'm all in until I'm out. And when I'm out, I'm all out. And you never get me back. Tell me one other wife who would deal with this shit. It ain't Alyssa. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Mark the shark tells Chris, she's done a great job at trying to be very nurturing to me in so many ways, but we just have different personalities. Now we hear Lindsay screaming in the back, like in the background. I has matted. I has matted. So she's using <laughs> has matted as a verb. I have I has matted suit on your fucking infested apartment because you don't have your shit together. And Chris and Mark the Shark like flip around because they can hear this. Mm -hmm. She then says, guys, I apologize in advance for this disgustingness. She's then screaming, the least you could do is make me come. And the producer goes, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, for real. Like, all I need is an or orgasm, and he wants to pull it back? I'm not in emotional space right now. And I'm like, why? Because you got small balls? And the Yikes. producer's like, <laughs> the producer's like, there's good there. And Lindsay's like, I don't see it. He literally pushed me so far off. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Have fun living in your roach-infested apartment with your fucking income. I'm going back into South Boston with my good life. I don't need you. Where are you going back? Your mama's? Yikes. That's the end of it. Holy shit. Woo. Amy, I have a question. As a heterosexual female... Yeah. What are your stance on balls? Do you want giant pendulous balls? No. <laughs> no, and I don't know. I was thinking to myself, is there medical research to indicate that if a man has small balls, that he doesn't want to have sex? Like, is there any correlation between balls and a sex drive? I think she wanted to say he had a small dick, but like, was like, that's mm. a little too far. Do you and really think balls. she was using discretion in that in that moment? Oh, maybe not. Maybe she just meant like he doesn't have the cojones to like be a real man and like fuck her proper. She emasculated. If I were him, I would never talk to this person again. Never. Not only would I not make up with her, I would just never. I would be like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. This doctor, Pastor Cal, this is my decision day. Yeah, I'm done. Right <laughs> at the bowling alley. Like, this is too much. Mm -hmm. She, this is, and remember, Bo Bridges and Kip from Napoleon Dynamite told us that she had a poison tongue. Remember, mm -hmm. that's what her father said. Yep. There it is in full display. And it is a reaction out of insecurity. And it's, wow. It's too, it's too far. It's too far. Yeah, medication can also help that because I used to do that. <laughs> 
It's, wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. Have I ever flipped out on a man? Of course I have. Like, yeah. my first husband, this was, like, all the time. Yeah, same. But I was 20, I was in my tw- early 20s. Same. And I, I still would never go this far. Mm-mm. Like, this is, to do it publicly, to do it on television. On television, that's the thing. Ugh. Yeah. God. There's okay. no, it's like... She's clearly not thinking in the moment, but if she wanted any chance of this working out, like, how do you come back from that? That's awful. Well, that's, it's funny you say that because we have a next time on and they're like eating out dinner. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, thank you for saying dinner. (laughs) Because you can't give her an orgasm, you guys. They're eating dinner at a table. <laughs> They're eating sushi. out in public. <laughs> They're eating dinner and she's like, I would kiss you if there wasn't sushi in the middle of us. So <laughs> is he forgiving this? I don't know. Uh, Poor okay. man. I, how do you come back from this? I. They're done. They're done, right? Yeah. Because even if they make it past decision day, if he sees this. And let me tell you something else that really pissed me off. Lindsay's the type of person who will help you and then hold it over your head. Oh, yeah, totally. And to me, no. Like, nope, 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 nope. I have people like this in my life I recently discovered. Mm -hmm. Like this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. No, no, that's not okay with me. Like, I don't operate like that. My family doesn't operate like that. Like, if we like help, if each, other out, help, we help me, each other out, Yeah, exactly. Then mm-hmm. don't hold it against me. No, she immediately threw that back at him. Immediately. And I'm the kind of person who's like, if someone helps me, I feel like indebted to them. And then I immediately yeah. want to pay them back. Of course. Of course. What? There was a show. Oh, The Office. That was yeah. the Office. Remember Andy Dwight and Dwight. They back? just kept. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, the kindness. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's do, um, we'll do next time on, then we'll talk about our winners and losers mm-hmm. for this episode. So next time on, the couples appear to be working out together in some way. Mm-hmm. They always have, they always have a scene like this. Remember they did rock climbing. Was it last year they did rock climbing and Brett didn't want to do it? Because they historically have hot people on their show. That's why. It's dumb. So... Jasmina suddenly, suddenly notices Michael's ripped. Like, she didn't see this before. She hasn't looked at him. As I mentioned, Mark and Lindsay are eating out in public (laughs) at a restaurant. Dinner. They're eating out sushi. (laughs) Katina tells O. Katina asks O, do you think you're beginning to fall in love? And O says, love is not on the table. What the? I think that's out of context. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, what the? What? Steve says, hey, just because we're married doesn't mean it's going to work. Okay. <laughs> now I'm getting some sling blade in there. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Mike and Jasmina appear to be on a picnic. And he's like, I'm telling you to help me. And she's saying, calm down. And he's telling the camera, I didn't expect this to take a left turn. We did. Yeah. We expected it to, Mike. Yeah. After Puerto Rico? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Lindsay and Mark are now fighting again. And Lindsay tells the camera, I'm done putting myself second now. I'm first. Now you have to earn me. Nobody wants you. Nobody <laughs> wants to earn you. She was Guys, always I, first. <laughs> I was sympathetic to her. I was understanding her. She was endearing herself to me. I'm done with that. It's over. 
Yeah. Um, O says, when we talk... I'm going to punch him in the face. He needs to get under control here. O says, when we talk about a wife level, I need to see where you are as a woman. Like, this is a video game. And she needs to level up to wife. (laughs) Level up, yeah. What is happening? She has to eat the little mushroom and, like, level up. Yep. Katina cries and tells the camera, it just makes me feel bad. And I want to punch him for making her feel bad. Yeah. So, so that's it. Um, and then I have a random line down here that says, why are Chris and Alyssa still here? But they're not next week. Yeah, good. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. So I will say that my winner for this episode, I think is Chris. And here's that's, why. I agree. Okay. He gave great advice. Yes. And he was like, he stood up for himself and was yes. like, dude, this is not working. Yes. I think. The more I see Chris, the more I like him. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we got to see a little bit of him. And I yeah. think the editors must have really liked him because he got a great edit and he's making a, a nice exit now and his inbox, his DMs will be blowing up. Yeah, he's the it. opposite of Alyssa. The more I see mm-hmm. her, the more I hate her. Yes, I hate her. And I say that with love, Alyssa, if you're listening. My loser, like the person going home with the DJ this week for me, I think is Noi. Like, I don't know what happened to her. Yeah. We need more context around that because I really like her. But this week, she just had a bad week. I don't know. Yeah, I chose Lindsay because she needs to come desperately. Right. Right. I obviously should have chosen (laughs) Lindsay. I didn't even think of her. She's going to go home with the DJ so he could give her an orgasm. Yes. And maybe the DJ can, like, shove her out of the car on the interstate (laughs) to just kind of roll her in some dirt. Okay. All right, so any other thoughts before we leave this week? It was no, a good episode. It was a really good episode. I like this a lot. I, mm-hmm. I, You know, a lot of people on other mass groups were saying, like, too much time with friends and family, but that's when you do get a sense yeah. of who they actually are. Yeah. You know, I was just having this conversation. Guys, we did start Love is Blind. We're getting there. We're it's going to be there. a slow process, but we're getting there. So we dropped episodes one and two as one episode. We're going to do three and four together as well. Mm-hmm. Um, look for those in the upcoming weeks. We can't promise when they'll be done. We're, you know, we're trying. Our our, our main goal is maths. Yes. That's the thing we got to get to you. Yeah, but, now I have to work full time, like in person. But they're like the same production company. So I was just having this conversation like, love is blind feels too rushed mm-hmm. and maths feels too slow. Yeah. It's like they need to figure this out. <laughs> I agree. There's there's a happy medium somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Leslie. So why don't you... I have an idea for this week. Instead okay. of talking about our other podcasts, I wanted to ask you, why don't you tell people where they could find maybe some things you've written or a book of yours or something from your writing world? Oh, that's interesting. Well, interesting. actually, this is the last might be tomorrow might be the last day of like um eating disorders awareness week Mm -hmm. um and i did write about my troubles with anorexia and Mm -hmm. the title of the book is flaca an honest account of a latina with an eating disorder and that is available on amazon can you spell that for people who might not know how to spell that flaca which means skinny in spanish Mm -hmm. is f-l-a-c-a so you could find that if you put flaca f-l-a-c-a um, Leslie DJ, and then the, okay. the book will um, come up. And also, if you just search Leslie DJ in Amazon Books, you'll find That Girl, which is another book I wrote. That one is more like a rom-com. I love that book. It's one of my okay. favorites. It's a pink okay. cover with a girl with a little bridesmaid dress. 
mm-hmm. um, and then there's loose, which is like kind of bilingual. It's about loosely based on like my experience with falling in love with someone from the Dominican Republic. And what I do love about that book, as painful as it was to write, there's a lot of visuals and like the way I wrote it, I feel like you, in the pages you could kind of get a sense of the island. Um, is it be- memoir? No, that one is like a novella. It's like fiction. Okay. Um, okay. But there, it takes place in the Dominican Republic, and yeah. there's a lot of like um, scenery that I d- go into a lot of details about, like the senses, the smells, the view, and oh, that's cool. So yeah, it's like a little trip to the DR if you want to read that. So why don't we do this? Maybe I'll put our Amazon author links in the show notes. Sure, that's great. So that people could just click that. Okay. Um, so. I also wrote a memoir about an eating disorder, kind of, Mm -hmm. um, called Fat Girl Skinny. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not really, it's about disordered eating, I would say, rather than an eating disorder. So it deals with food addiction and um, my battle with PCOS. And it chronicles a time when I had lost a bunch of weight and left my ex-husband and kind of how I found my life again and rebuilding from that um and then i also did an anthology with i think it's 80 survivors of school shootings so from uh 27 different schools so we have columbine in there we have sandy hook we have parkland we have a lot of unknown schools that really didn't have the notoriety that um some of the more infamous school shootings had so that came out in 2019 that's called if i don't make it i love you so I'll put my link in there as well. And yeah. we can, you know, share maybe some of our writing. Yeah. With our could, audience. Mm. If, they, if they give a shit. If you, if you know how to read, because I don't. I've also <laughs> written a ton of poetry that no one is ever going to read. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. When you're a poet, like I was given a presentation at school the other day and like no students came because it was like on a raining, pouring rain Thursday night at like dinner time. No. And I said to the, the person who uh, made the event, who created the event, I said, I'm a poet. I'm used to reading to a room of two people, one of whom I'm married to. So I'm good. Doesn't bother me if three people show up. Yeah. I'll still give the presentation. So, yeah, I mean, there's some poetry out there if you want it. It's yours. Okay. Okay. I, poetry is really hard. I took, um, because I did study creative writing and fiction and all that and you do have to be like well-rounded and you take poetry courses and i was like i can't do this it's an economy (laughs) of words i can't yep all right guys so thanks so much for listening again if you can drop us a rating we'd love five stars if you want to give us one star please don't please don't please if you have nothing nice to say just say nothing we'll we already know that you know it's a half-assed podcast. We don't need you to say it. We're poor. Um, we're doing what we can over here. We're starving so, artists. If you could leave us five stars, that'd be great. If you want to email us, that's all in the show notes too. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.